Welcome, my friends, to the Generations Radio Broadcast. Kevin Swanson, your host with you, Adam McManus, our host on theworldview.com. Our weekday news update is uh, with me on this edition of the program. We are in critical times. That's why it's important for us to update you on what's going on from a distinctively biblical worldview perspective on a daily basis. Big election coming up. Herschel Walker is running against, well, somebody. And this is a critical race in Georgia, isn't it? It is. Raphael Warnock, the Democrat incumbent, is... Oddly enough, a pastor of all things, and yet he has championed abortion up through the day of the birth of the baby. Now, some have, in an October surprise of sorts, thrown out the accusation that Herschel Walker paid for a previous abortion of a girlfriend or someone when he had an affair with. Even if that's true, and that's terrible, he has publicly pronounced his support for a ban on abortion, a pro-life policy. Just like Donald Trump had his warts, he was not pure as the driven snow. Herschel Walker certainly isn't. It doesn't claim to be. But he's been, among candidates, very verbal about his relationship with Jesus Christ, how Jesus Christ has forgiven him. And we we can look no further than the Apostle Paul, who himself said he was the chief of sinners, and was grateful for his salvation, who had murdered and imprisoned Christians at the time, thinking he was doing somehow the will of God until God got his attention on the road to Damascus. So this is a very tight race between Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock, the Republican versus the Democrat. It is a toss-up. Herschel Walker, I think, is at this point the underdog by about three or four percentage points, but it's within the margin of error. We pray that uh, he pulls it out because he is advocating for a pro-life viewpoint and as a senatorial candidate. And worldviews matter. Worldviews matter as we approach this election. And, and it's hard to know whether the accusations are accurate or not, given that we don't have anything settled in a court of law, two or three witnesses, etc., concerning some of these accusations hurled against him. But worldviews do matter. And that's the illustration I want to bring to bear as we give you a piece of this interview that a pastor from Sugar Hill Church had with Herschel Walker, I'm going to say a couple of months ago, and he received some grief about this from NPR. But uh, this is the comedy made that got everybody upset down at NPR.com, the news source that uh, is one of the most liberal and yet you know state-supported in this country. But here's what Herschel Walker told the pastor at Sugar Hill Church. Something had to be created here. Come on. So when the light was created here, that means somebody up there had to say, let there be light that the earth started. And then he had to put someone there on earth. Remember, Adam was there. Remember, Adam came there, then Eve came. So somebody had to start it out. So that means it had to be a God. But then just some bomb blew up and it started out. And then I, I tell you something else I heard. And I think about this because at one time, science said man came from apes. Did it not? I've, That's I, you when know, you go I, to the every, science. Every time I read or hear that, I think to myself, you just didn't read the same Bible I did. Well, what, this was interesting, though. If that is true, why are there still apes? Think about it. You know, now you're getting too smart for it. No, 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 no. Think about this. We have an evolution that is we've gotten so intelligent that if that is true, why are there still apes? And then the conception of a baby. Let me tell you, science can't do that. They Come still on. trying to do it, Come on. but it can't because there had to be a God. All right, so that's what he got in trouble for with the folks down at NPR. He made those comments, and, uh, of course, you know, you're attacking the 
sacred cow of evolution. I mean, it's just about as bad as attacking the sacred cow of homosexuality in our day. But NPR, you know, interact with that, say, hey, wait a minute, 40% of uh, Americans believe that God created humans in their present form. The other 60% think it's hogwash. Only 22% believe that God has no part in human development. Uh, and then it's, and then the NPR article went on to say that Pope Francis has said the idea of evolution is compatible with the idea of a creator. So, so therefore, apparently, evolution is a good thing. And, and I, I think this is a mocking tone. They're not, they're not in favor of Herschel Walker. They're not in favor of what he said. No, and Chuck Allen is to be commended, the pastor at Sugar Hill Church in Sugar Hill, Georgia, for inviting Herschel Walker to speak in that conversation, that interview of sorts, in front of the members of his congregation. I wish more pastors would speak out. David Barton of Wall Builders commissioned a study by George Barna of the 380,000 pastors nationwide. Only 2.8% of them are speaking to the social and political issues of our time. They do that to their own demise. There was a time when if a politician dared to say that we needed to extend the age at which someone could begin to collect Social Security, that was considered the third rail of politics. Meaning, if you can envision the train or the subway, that electrical line in the middle that provides the electricity, you touch that, you're a dead man. You're electrocuted on the spot. Apparently now creation and uh, God's design in terms of sexuality and gender might be the third rail of politics. But the fact that Herschel Walker is politically incorrect enough to speak out in favor of creation, I think speaks volumes about him. Absolutely. And uh, worldview matters when it comes to politics. We're going to talk about the evolution of man because that was the issue that Herschel Walker brought out in this interview at Sugar Hill Church. More on that in just a moment on the Generations Broadcast. What happens when a culture that was established and guided by biblical principles abandons the faith and seeks to live by its own wisdom? In his latest groundbreaking work, Epic, The Rise and Fall of the West, Kevin Swanson unfolds the dramatic history of Western civilization, highlighting the phenomenal impact that Jesus Christ and his people have had upon the thought, culture, and institutions of the Christian West as well as tracing the slow but devastating decline of Western civilization and the key factors that have led to our spectacular fall over the centuries. A sobering narrative of gospel hope, this book urges its reader to greater fervency in the work of discipleship and the development of an international vision for the church. This is truly a must-read for any Christian seeking to understand the times and seasons in which we live you can claim your hardcover copy of Epic, The Rise and Fall of the West by visiting generations.org store today. That's generations.org store. And welcome back to the Generations Broadcast. Kevin Swanson with you, Adam McManus as well. Interesting survey done by Ipsos a few years ago. It's a world survey on creation. And this is one reason why 
men like Walker are going to be mocked by the media because right now evolution is the primary view around the world. Only 28% of the world believes in creation. 41% of the world believes in evolution. That means that there are some undecideds. But 41% of the world believes in evolution. That means it's a predominant religion in the world today. Only 28% of the world believes in creation. And this was based on Ipsos's review of some 28 countries. The most pro-creationist countries in the world are Saudi Arabia at 75%, Turkey, 60% they're Muslim countries, Indonesia, another Muslim country, 57%, South Africa, 56%, and then Brazil and the United States and Russia. Mm. So these are the most pro-creation nations in the world. Saudi Arabia, Turkey, Indonesia, South Africa, Brazil, and the United States, and Russia. The most pro-evolution nations in the world are in Europe, China, and Japan. Now, what does this mean? This means that evolution is the most popular religion in the world today. And Muslims tend to be more faithful to their religion than most Christian countries. So, just in terms of percentages. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, we still don't have a strong Christian population around the world, but it's going to be less than 28%. It's going to be down, downwards of 15 to 20%. Okay, well, this is the way I introduced the subject in my book called Worldview. I, I'm writing a book called Worldview. I'm releasing it in the next couple of months, Lord willing. But this is the way I introduced the subject of creation and evolution. Before considering the proposed mechanisms for evolution and the evidence for it, a rational consideration of the general theory is in order. Okay? A rock turned into a human being. Okay, let me just stop right there. A rock turned into a human being. <laughs> I don't think so. That's just stupid. <laughs> it sure is. Yeah, you get it? I mean, that's just stupid. Inanimate dust becomes a human being over 4 billion years. That's just stupid. Yeah, sure, sure. Mass disorder turned into a phenomenal order by some natural mechanism nobody has ever identified. Okay? The experiment has never been replicated in a laboratory. Now, that's the hypothesis presented by almost every scientific, academic, and political institution in the developed world, and it's the majority religion in the world today. That scientists who study natural mechanisms in the real world would believe such a far-fetched narrative verges on insanity. It really does. For, for one thing, four billion years is an extremely short amount of time for such natural development to take place. That would be only a hundred million generations for humans. That's like nothing. And, and I give the example of Richard Lenski, an evolutionist biologist at Michigan State University, experimented with Darwin's theory in a laboratory over the last 40 years or 50 years. And he was trying to develop, you know, some new species of E. coli bacteria. And over 60,000 generations, he managed to pull off the industry's largest evolution exper experiment that turned into a dead end. Nothing happened. Okay. Granted, this constitutes only about 0.1% of the way through 100 million generations, but there's a whole lot more to the evolution of a human being than trying to eke out a single species of E. coli bacteria. Okay, so that's how I start my discussion in my book on worldview, what we believe, what they believe, and why they're wrong. And that's coming out in just a few months. It's just far-fetched. It's a fairy tale, Adam. I love that subtitle, by the way, and why they're wrong. 
<laughs> They're wrong. Yeah. I mean, and it should be obvious. I think intuitively obvious. Now, now it's interesting that NPR would mock Herschel Walker for what he said. But, hey, now, wait a minute. I, I, I realize the emperor's new clothes makers are mocking the little boy who stands up in the crowd and says the dude's nude. Right. But who should be mocking who in this story? Exactly. We should be mocking the emperor. Not the little boy. Well, yeah. But here's the problem. When it becomes the dominant theory that's taught by every one of our media organizations, universities, and major institutions of the day, it's very difficult for anybody to stand up and say, that doesn't make any sense. A rock turned into a human being. You have no mechanism. You've never repeated the process in a laboratory. And yet the whole world has to believe it. And as Herschel Walker said at Sugar Hill Church recently in Georgia, the apes are still apes today. They don't seem to be evolving into humans. <laughs> They're still apes. Well, let's talk about this article from Evolution News Today. It's a series of articles from Evolution News Today. These are evolutionists, I think, of sorts. They may be some theistic folks, but they, they are examining the evidence, which is nice. It's nice to see the evidence, quote-unquote, examined. And this from Evolution News Today, back in 2009, Southern Methodist University anthropology professor Robert Wetherington testified before the Texas State Board of Education that human evolution is, quote, arguably the most complete sequence of fossil succession of any mammal in the world. No gaps, no lack of transitional fossils. So when people talk about the lack of transitional fossils or gaps in the fossil record, it's absolutely not true. But now the series of articles in Evolution News Today says, you got to be kidding me. There's gaps everywhere. In fact, it's, it's one big gap. They don't have anything. This is Casey Luskin from humanevolution.com. Far from supplying a nice, clean example of gradualistic evolutionary change that has no gaps or no lack of transitional fossils, the record actually shows a dramatic discontinuity between the ape-like and human-like forms. Human-like fossils appear abruptly in the record without clear evolutionary precursors, contradicting Darwinian expectations that a fossil record does not show that humans evolved from ape-like precursors. Okay, so, you know, hello? Hello? Exactly. And then he quotes and quotes and quotes and quotes. It, there's obviously no consensus on this within the scientific community. No. So even the scientists aren't agreed on this. So fragmentary and disconnected is the data, according to Harvard zoologist Richard Lowenton, that, quote, despite the excited and optimistic claims that have been made by some paleontologists, no fossil hominid species can be established as our direct ancestor. Now, I want to give some examples of hype. Now, some of this shows up in these articles. Some of it I throw in myself. You've heard of Neanderthal man, right, Adam? I mean, he's been around since the 1820s. I think the first Neanderthal man was discovered in the 1820s. In Europe. And so, what, for over a century, the Neanderthal man was considered an evolutionary link in the development of man. I mean, you, you're aware of this. I think everybody who lived in America through the 1930s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, every single person who is conscious and showed up, you know, in American society has seen the pictures of Neanderthal man and, and, and has been informed that this character plays a part. In the evolutionary development of man. I mean, you, you, you're with me here? I mean, it's obvious, right? What was unique about the Neanderthal man is that he wore jewelry. They buried their yeah. dead. Mm -hmm. They yep. did what humans do. But as it turned out, 
In the Scientific America, the journal admitted in 2010 what creationists had always said, that these Neanderthals are, guess what, actually humans. That's yeah. why they wore the jewelry, buried their dead, did what humans do, because they were humans. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. And, of course, it comes out of DNA, and they, they've determined that actually a small percentage of those living in Europe and Asia have actually inherited genes from Neanderthals. Yeah, so actually people walking around in Europe today, and their great-great-great-great-grandpa was a Neanderthal. You know, somehow, somehow in the bloodline. So here's what one scientist said. I think it's evolutionary. Michael Shermer said our anatomically astute cousins are actually our genetic brothers. All right. So there goes that one. So, you know, chuck that one. Okay. So the, the, the hype that, that was really dominating the scientific community and the the academic uh, institutions of our day, ultimately, it was for naught for 150 years. And there's got to be some serious disappointment going on Absolutely. in the scientific community. Now, I'm going to come back to that. And then you had another example of hype. Artie was supposed to have been a four and a half million year old ape who was turning into what they call a biped or, or a man who would walk upright. but. They deep six that theory yep, too. Uh, that one's the gone. UC Berkeley paleoanthropologist Tim White said that this is going to be an amazing individual. It's going to be the Rosetta Stone for understanding bipedalism, which means the apes who ultimately yeah, weren't right. walking yeah, around on all four limbs but became upright, calling themselves bipeds. But Artie was. Another big disappointment, according to a Time Magazine piece, a scientist is quoted as saying, regarding the hype around Artie, it was overblown. Yeah. Disappointment number two. Right. Artie turned out to be well-suited for climbing and swinging in trees, knuckle-walking, giving a chimp-like mode of locomotion. Whatever Artie was, everyone agrees the fossils were initially badly crushed and needed extensive reconstruction. So now they're saying, okay, well, uh, probably an ape. Probably not in the line of humans. And we could go on and on. This article just goes on and on. Another example, uh, we all remember this one, the South African discovery of 2015. Naledi was supposed to have been 1.5 million years old. But And CNN, I remember covering this. I, I'm not sure if it was on this program right. or theworldview.com, but CNN talked about Naledi, discovered in a cave in South Africa as a new species of human ancestor. The Daily Mail reports, scientists discover skull of new human ancestor. PBS announced trove of fossils from a long-lost human ancestor, and on and on it went. But now we discover these animals had long, curved fingers, and unlike humans, well-suited for climbing and suspension. What does that sound like? Sounds like a monkey. It sounds like an ape. Okay, we're back to where we started. Its foot differs from modern humans. It's having more curved uh, and features suggestive of reduced medial longitudinal arch, et cetera, et cetera. The foot, again, unlike humans, comfortable climbing trees. And uh, so, so now they're backing away from this. Turns out also they... They took a look at the dating of this thing, and they're saying, no, it's not 1.5 million years. It's 236,000 to 335,000 years, and so it would not fit into the evolutionary development of the human species as uh, they had anticipated it would and substantiate their theory. Well, I could give many, many other, other examples. There's a Turkana boy, supposed to be about 1.5 million years old, um, but turns out he's fully human, just has a slightly smaller brain. 
average brain size today about 1400 cc but th- this guy was down around 900 cc but there are humans today that measure 600 and 900 cc brain sizes so turkana boy supposed to be an example of homo erectus a human ancestor that dates before the neanderthal but the problem is these folks use stone tools including hand axes cleavers knives picks etc such technology no advancement actually these stone age peoples like the turkana boy uh, in the same manner as the far-off tribes of the Australian Aborigines, American Native Indians, etc., etc., declined into primitive life over the millennia after the flood. They'd forgotten the skills of Adam and his immediate progeny, and these tribes did not advance. Actually, from Ramapithecus, they actually declined from the days of Adam and Noah. Sinful man deliberately rebels against the truth and true knowledge and winds up pretty primitive. And that's the sort of thing that happens from a biblical worldview perspective. Another example of hype was Lucy, supposed to be 3.2 million years old. An article in Nature now observes that much of her body was ape-like, especially in respect to the relatively long and curved fingers, relatively long arms, funnel-shaped chest, a good evidence that Lucy's hand bones in her species knuckle-walked, as chimps and gorillas do today. A New Scientist article adds that Lucy appears well-adapted for climbing, since everything about her skeleton from fingertips to toes suggests that Lucy and her sisters retain several traits that would be very suitable for climbing in trees. All right, moreover, her pelvis was badly crushed, once again, making it almost impossible to determine whether or not she was able to move in this way or that way. Pretty hard to determine locomotion for Lucy. Okay, so when it comes down to it, there's no transitional forms for human evolution. So we get this time and time again. Let me sum up this way. Evolutionary scientists were excited to report uh, Artipithecus, Artie, in 2009, but 12 years later, additional studies determined this creature was equipped with hands, well-suited for swinging about trees. After a great deal of hype concerning the 3.2 million-year-old Australopithecus named Lucy, she turned out to be more ape-like with long and curved fingers. The 1.5 million-year-old Homo erectus, nicknamed Turkana boy, turned out to be fully human with a small brain of 900 cc. And then the Homo naledi, that were discovered uh, in a cave in South Africa in 2015. Now, the dating was shifted to 200 to 300,000 years old, and its hands and feet were well-equipped for climbing trees, not running along the ground in an upright position. So here we have, over and over again, disappointments for those seeking transitional forms in the fossil record. It happens over and over and over again. Uh, If humans evolved from ape-like creatures, uh, what were the transitional species between the ape-like hominins and the truly human-like members of the homo genus found in the fossil record? There just aren't any good candidates. What's the conclusion? Evolution has no evidence to write home about. There are apes climbing in trees and humans around today. There were apes climbing in trees and humans in 3500 BC, and some of the species of apes have gone extinct. Okay, humans have never gone extinct since the creation of man, thanks to God's preserving hand upon us. Well, there you go. That's pretty much it. Uh, Through the centuries following Darwin, frustration only mounted for evolutionists seeking substantiation for these wild hypotheses. Subsequent research into fossil finds always increased levels of skepticism concerning the conclusions that were drawn. Significant disagreement prevailed among evolutionary paleontologists concerning the evidence itself. So they're fighting among themselves. While consensus was elusive among the evolutionary scientific community, guess what happens to universities and government schools? They carry on a pretense of consensus and dogmatic assertions in the textbook. So when you get your textbooks and when you go to the university, suddenly it's all consensus. But you start looking at all these papers, you find, wow, there's increased levels of skepticism concerning the data itself and a huge amount of disagreement between the paleontologists and the evolutionists themselves in the articles. 
So what are we left with? No evidence for the evolutionary development of man in the fossil record. That's what we're left with. Well, friends. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. What, we, what, what do we do? Well, we go into the Word of God, and ultimately, it's only the Word of God that's going to give us an epistemological authority for how origins occurred. Otherwise, you're Answers stuck with nothing but wild guesses. And I think we're just going to end it there. The only possibility for uh, the chasmic divide between animal and man is that man was created by God in the image of God. So that's the bottom line. How did man come to this to be this creature so deeply concerned about morality? Why do people commit suicide? Where do neuroses and psychosis come from? How does man probe so deeply into his own psychology, the nature of the atom, the functions of the cell, theology, the nature of God, nanotechnology, and all of this come about in just the last few thousand years? That man is not an animal is a fact that should be extremely obvious to the most obtuse and ignorant humans on earth today. Even those who claim they have evolved from an ape or an ape-like creature. All right. Well, that wraps up this edition of the Generations Broadcast. You can get more of this in my new book, Worldview, What We Believe, What They Believe, and Why They're Wrong. And it's coming out in just a few months. But I wanted to touch on the evolution of man and the purported evidence that isn't out there. (laughs) This is Kevin Swanson and Adam McManus, and we want to invite you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation. 